The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. <clears throat> Very close to the microphone there, and I blew the ears off myself for a change. I know a lot of you guys say that the opening credits blow the ears off you guys uh, from time to time, but <clears throat> I very nearly blew my own ears off there. Anyway, less of that, less of me feeling sorry for myself, and more of uh, a bit of a description or a bit of a, an explanation as to why I wanted to do this podcast. And I suppose it's more so... Um, it's not one of the normal ones that I would do with regards to um, going into... Well, we're going to go into massive depth in Dario Osario in a moment. But the link to this guy is it's been... It's gone around the world based on a Twitter post from an account that I don't know very much about, that I don't even know if it's reputable, that I don't even know if it's credible or viable or valid. <clears throat> The account itself has something to do with Sky Sports in the actual bio. Um, and I'm not doubting this This could be a, a, um, a very valid piece of information. I just don't know. But I think it's a good exercise in, number one, I suppose, looking at this as a, as a link. <clears throat> I suppose one or two things will happen. We'll sign him or we won't. It's as simple as that. And, you know, when you look at the transfer market, without dumbing it down too much, we either sign players we're linked to or we don't. Sometimes we get linked to players and uh, and nothing ever follows up on it. Um, but for this guy in particular, and I think a lot of South Americans in particular, I think the it will be a lot of the, the initial links will come from accounts that maybe people don't know of or maybe people will, will <clears throat> how would I put it, will maybe kind of struggle with the credibility or the validity of the link 
specifically for younger players, I think, in South America. And, that, and the reason I think that is for two reasons. The, the, the British media, <clears throat> excuse me, apparatus that's there is usually based upon agent links, agent conjecture, agent conversation, agent uh, drip feeding of information. Now, a lot of the, the, the younger players, specifically in places like Colombia uh, or, uh, or Chile, or, or any of the, I suppose, the outside the big two, uh, Argentina and, and, and Brazil in, in South America, you know, they're going to be with aspiring or burgeoning or, um, or even unknown agents that will get them to Europe. And then once they get to Europe, they sign with the key attractions or whoever the hell they sign with then when they get to Europe. So the network for them to be able to alert uh, a, a big entity within the media, within, within Europe, may be lesser and lesser. So essentially what I'm getting at here, because I've talked myself around in circles, is I couldn't tell you if Aston Villa are in the race to sign uh, Dario Osorio. But what I what I am uh, what I what I do want to say is that I suppose if we do get linked with him and if we ended up signing a player from South America, it would be my, in my view. I think it would be a lesser known outlet that will mention it first, and then it will be picked up on as as it gathers steam as it becomes an entity. So what I'm trying to say here is that there could be validity in this rumor. It's it's probably unlikely, but there could be validity in it. But I wanted to take a look at him anyway because I was on the Villa View recently. And I was having a good old chat with Dan Bardell. And we were talking about signing this player and signing that player. And uh, I mentioned that, you know, obviously anybody who follows me on Twitter will know that I have a very, very strong, um, I'm very, very in awe at, at Brighton's policy. I have been for the last four years um, watching Brighton sign players, uh, probably even a bit longer. And I, I think their, their recruitment strategy has just been excellent. And look, it's not just because they're now being linked with selling the likes of Moise Casado for uh, $100 million apparently. Um, it's not just that, but some of the business they've done, like like how they got $60 million from Marco Correa is just blows my mind out the side of my head. He's a guy that I don't rate at all. Um, but they've obviously got money for players like Yves Basuma. They've brought them in. So they're very, very good at scouting players, at uh, evaluating talent. And they've turned their their eye to the South American market. And they've started to do some fantastic things down there. Or, or to sign some fantastic players or some players. They've actually turned their, their eye to the Irish market. Evan Ferguson. If anybody's been living under a rock for the last month, uh, go check out Evan Ferguson. We're terribly excited about him here in Ireland. And they've just signed it absolutely unbelievably prolific striker here called Marco Mahoney um, from Cork City. He he can score goals from anywhere and we're really excited about him. 19 years of age. He's one of these guys who probably would have gotten his move to the UK two years ago, but due to new um, laws between for for kids between 16 and 18, he was unable to move um, to, to the UK at that stage um, because it's it, it's it's considered under different rules now under FIFA since since Brexit and now he's 19 he's getting his move to the UK so we're really excited about that so why am I talking about all this with regards to the to, to Dario Osorio is that I think it's about time that if Aston Villa are, are to, uh, to to kick on I think that they're going to need to take a chance on a couple of these players you know if we could find we're screaming out for wingers you know if we could find a Trossard a Matomo um, a, a Alexis McAllister a um, you know somebody along those lines to come in and to and and to and to fit in within our structure um and get catch them early within the within the south american system 
I think it's going to be beneficial. Now, obviously, it's not as easy as that. But when you look at some players there that have big names from the point of view or well thought of, I think, somebody like David Osorio in um, in Chile is he's probably up there. Like there, There's people who are talking about him as being the next Alexis Sanchez. And the, the story for Alexis Sanchez, when you think about it, was Udinese uh, took a very big chance on him very young. I think they signed it from Colo Colo, if I'm not mistaken. And they brought him over to Udinese and he was in their team at a very, very young age. And they took that chance and it paid off for them big time. And I'm th- and Udinese were one of the teams that, that very that got into the video scouting of players very early. And they had a full room and a full team of people watching video of players in South America, analyzing them, and then then they would send their scouts down to watch them, and they would do both the statistical, the video, and the in the real life scouting of these players. And they brought over tons of guys from the from South America. Some of them worked, and some of them didn't. But the likes of Arturo Vidal and, and Alexis Sanchez, who came from Chile, both worked for Udinese, and they, they they made quite a lot of money sending them on. So I think Aston Villa can exploit that market, and if we're led to believe that somebody like a Una Emery. And and the Aston Villa recruitment team of the Rob McKenzies and those. Don't forget, we still have Rob McKenzie in our midst as well within Villa Park. If these guys are all still there and if they're still, um, I suppose, pulling the strings with regards to recruitment, they do like to marry the statistical and the, the, the video scouting of players as well as the, the um, in, what am, I, what am I trying to say, the in-person scouting as well. So, Really, really interesting. I think to 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 see this link. As I say, I'm eight minutes into the podcast here. We haven't taken one look at him, but I wanted to explain this and explain why I'm coming on to talk about this because I have been reluctant to release a kind of a series I have on South American players that will make it in Europe. Sorry, actually, I can't say they will make it in Europe. That I think will make it in Europe. They're big names in South America and they're young. And some team is going to take a chance on them and some team is going to hit gold with some of them and they're going to hit coal with others. And I'm kind of, I would really like if Aston Villa took a chance on the next big South American star and made him a star within Europe. And if he leaves, he leaves. But if he doesn't, he becomes one of ours because it's something we've not done. And it's a market we've not exploited, I think, enough. So so that's that, that's really where this is uh, This is um, is where I'm coming from. But anyway, let's take a look at some of your comments. Um, uh let's take a look at just some of your comments before i get into this uh yeah i wanted to be the first one to get in there to say that we'll never sign him this link is nonsense so i was the first person that came up with that comment anyone else who put it in is only copying me um <laughs> although salubrious ed says it's happening you know, my cousin's girlfriend's mother is shroffing and saw him enter the gates at Villa Park today um absolutely uh yeah um john Steele asks is this advertising by agents I, I i actually don't think so because um i did have his agents group up there if you guys can bear with me one moment i will get his agent um or i will try to get his agent i think he's got a very um a very obscure agency if i remember rightly um so i wouldn't imagine that they would be linking him with Aston Villa from that point of view. Uh, uh, yeah, his player agency isn't even isn't even listed there. Um, I did come across it today somewhere because I had to go digging, digging, digging for it. Uh, uh, 
So usually they don't sign with a massive agency until they come to Europe. That's just how how, how it goes, I think. But um, anyway, it, it could very well be agent stuff. But I'd be I'd be surprised. I I'd, I'd be surprised based on him coming from Chile. Now, if he was somebody coming from Santos or from um, maybe Sao Paulo or somewhere like that in Brazil, maybe so. Um, but uh, I'm I'm not quite sure with this one. Uh, Tim says, don't think we will sign any players, Neil. Uh, I think we'll wait now till summer. I think we would be insane to wait, to consciously wait. We may not sign other players because we may not get the players that we want, but I think we, we would be very, very, very foolish, a foolhardy of us to just decide we're not signing any players now um, and to say we, we've got enough of what we have because there are, there are pieces of our squad that are missing. Uh, like to go into the rest of the rest of the year without another striker, I think for me would it would blow my mind. It would absolutely blow my mind, even if we got someone in on loan to fill a gap. Um, I just don't think we have that striker. Like we need another striker. Um, I think just that's just one thing. But if we don't get the guys that we want, and uh, and it doesn't happen, and they don't want to waste money on players just to come in here and fill and fill a hole for six to twelve months, I. I if that's the reason why we didn't sign anyone, I could see that happening, but I don't think it's going to be a conscious effort to not sign people. Um, but uh, it will have to be busy next five days, I think. Um, I'm blaming Dan Bardell and Ty Bracey because the two boys took you and I, Emery on, on the rip there uh, two or three nights ago, was it? Um, I wonder how long they kept him out for. He's probably still hung over. That's why we haven't signed anyone since. So I'm blaming Bardell and Bracey anyway for that one. Um, <laughs> um Right. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of you guys seem to think our business is over. Um, I don't understand it. I'll be honest. I'm sorry, I do understand. I do understand why, why, why that, that, why you might think that. And you could very well be right. But, uh, like, there, there, there's no way you go into the rest of the year with, with John Duran, Leon Bailey, and, uh, and, and Ali Watkins. And, and if they do and they make it work, fair play to them. I just think there's room for another striker um, in, in there at least. Um but look, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I am looking forward to seeing John Durand, though. I think uh, we, now that he's here, we will get meaningful minutes from him in the in the Leicester game. And uh, I think everybody's going to be looking forward to seeing that. And if anybody's going to the Leicester game, let me know. Um, because I'd like to get your opinions of him in the flesh. Anyway, we are we were 12, 13 minutes nearly in and we haven't spoken about Dario Osorio yet. So let's have a little look at him here. Um, so... <coughs> As I said, there he is. What do you guys think of the the Universidad de, de Chile um, uh, logo there? It's like an owl. I think it's an owl with a U in the middle of it. I thought it was uh, quite different. Anyway, that's our man. That's Dario Osorio. Whether he's coming to Aston Villa or not, let, I, I don't know. But I did want to take you through a couple of bits and pieces on him. He's, a, he's an interesting prospect. Very highly thought of in South America. And if we are to exploit the market, somebody like this would be somebody that... Uh, that we should really be looking at. He plays uh, right wing or left wing. His current market value as per transfer market is 3 million euros. We know that's probably false. It's a false economy, really. Um, he's probably going to go for somewhere between 10 to 15 million, I would imagine. Um, his height ranges anywhere from about 5 foot 9, 5 foot 10. 5 foot 10, sorry, should I say, to 6 foot. Um, the, I, for standardization, I've, I used the same um, the same site the whole time. So I've put him in from what they have, and that's 5 foot 11 and a half, or 5 foot um yeah five foot eleven and a half i don't even know can you be five foot eleven and a half um but i've put him in as five foot eleven um he's left-footed and uh he's only just gone to, just gone 19 years of age Um, he plays both right wing and left wing but as we can see here by his heat map that he is predominantly played on the right wing and um, has played in the left wing for for chile 
um, when he's played for them as well. A couple of pieces here as well. Football talent scout Jesse Kulig uh, had him as the talent of the day in uh, July of 20, uh, July the 4th, 2022. Um, he said that his, uh, his strengths are pace, dribbling, ball control, creativity, first touch and versatility. And a similar similar type of player is to Angel de Maria. So I think that we would uh, we'd all love an Angel de Maria and his pomp style player, albeit maybe not the one that played for Manchester United, uh, playing for us as well. A little bit of an excerpt here from 90minutes.com underneath as well. That 18-year-old Asario has played for the senior national team and he is considered one of Chile's best prospects since the likes of Alexis Sanchez, Gary Medel, and Arturo Vidal broke through the broke through for La Roja. Um, Dario Osario has the uh, has a lot of personality, and that's important. Like Gary or Vidal once said, you need personality to play for the national team, and he has it. And that was a direct quote from Alexis Sanchez, as well. So Osario was called into the Chile squad, uh, full squad for the recent friendlies in Europe with Morocco and Qatar, uh, but he did not feature. Although he did line up for the under twenties against England as they met in the in the Costa Calida Super Cup tournament in uh, in Spain. So that's just a little piece about him. Um, also, I found a really, really great article on the left back football, leftbackfootball.com. And I'm going to read you some of this as well. I didn't want to pop it up there because I wasn't sure whether um, whether uh, that might get me a copyright strike or not. But if anybody wants to go and look at it, please do. And you can read it yourself. But just to read you some pieces from this, it's a really good article. It goes into depth about, um, I suppose, his upbringing. And I'll read you a small bit on this as well. It says that Dario Osorio announced himself to Chilean football coming off the bench as a 17-year-old, bursting forward on the counter-attack and scoring a goal in a pre-league tournament match against Colo-Colo. He joined Universidad de Chile at under-15 level after two scouts saw him, saw him play in the municipal school of... something. Huelas? I'm going I'm to try and pronounce it as. His, his local school is... He was born in the Huelas community of... Valparaiso region of Chile. Um, he originally had a stint with Santiago Wanderers as he as he wanted to be a footballer at a young age um, as Cristobal Rojas and Mario Santelicas as well as Ruben Farfan, a university that the, the Chilean player recommended him to the club. The under 18 uh, the 18 year old uh, was smaller than his teammates in his age group as moving to Santiago made him miss his family while his mother Alicia who was a pillar of his life encouraged him to continue to chase his dreams so his mother as well was a former footballer herself um, and while Dario was already being bestowed with the moniker La, La Joya um, which is the, which is given to exhilarating game-changing geniuses in South American football. Osorio has a shy and withdrawn nature, which does not extend to the football pitch, as the 18-year-old is a big fan of Alexis Sanchez, while he has already made inroads into the Chilean national team, as he was called up this summer. As Universidad de Chile are currently in an unstable period, the under 18, the 18-year-old has taken it upon himself to provide a joy to the fans and drive his team forward, as he was already been subject of interest from Brighton and Hove Albion, as well as Watford in England. He's a left-footed attacker who can play on either flank, receiving possession on the left flank, to angle perfectly driven crosses the teammates are tucking inside to receive possession, connect play or make intelligent runs in build-up. He can play on the right flank where he is cut inside onto his stronger left foot, angle well, well-weighted through balls to runners and have shots on goal as well. So um, also within this article at the end, uh, it mentions here that uh, at 18 years of age, and in his first season, Osorio's uh, underlying metrics are impressive as it shows that he is on the cusp of being one of the most entertaining players in the Chilean Premier Division. As a player who can progress possession, he can drop into either, either of the half spaces to receive possession from the centre-backs or into the more central roles to work one-touch to, one connections in tight spaces. 
or he can drive, uh, he can turn to drive the ball forward and tread immaculate through balls through tight spaces. And in the opposition half, he can play on either flank as well as in the central spaces, receiving possession in the wide zones to cross the ball, or he can work connections to move into the center to tread through balls for runners to create crossing or shooting opportunities. He also has the intelligence in combination play and movement to work one twos with teammates before making runs into the channels. He also can receive possession and have shooting opportunities for higher quality crossing or higher quality crossing opportunities. In terms of run making, he has shown potential with his ability to make well-timed runs in behind, while he will need to improve his finishing in 1v1s. Defensively, Osorio will show potential as a player who can apply pressure on the ball with efficiently, while efficiently, uh, or sorry, with efficiency while being able to cover for his fullbacks as his size allows him to be an imposing figure in one-on-ones. Um, so one of the big things with him was that he's, he had a bit of a growth spurt over the last 18 months to, to two years. And um, when he first joined, I think, the academy, he was, or when he first joined um, Universidad de Chile, he was he was like 5'8 or something like that. And he had a growth spurt. And now he's touching six foot. And it's made a big difference to his game as well. So um, I do apologize to any, for any Spanish-speaking people out there for butchering some of the stuff I've mentioned there. Um, but uh, as I say... Um, uh, as, as I say, I did try my best. Um, let's look at some of his statistics here. Uh, so just it's very difficult to find, find a lot of statistics on the Chilean Premier Division as well. So I've done my best on this one. Um, but with regards to tackles, dribbles, blocks, interceptions and fouls committed, he does, like for an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid, he doesn't shy away from that work as well. Um, gets gets a decent amount of touches and has a 71% pass completion rate. Um, he has a successful dribble rate of 47%, which is which is quite good. And I look, I would I would imagine that in the Chilean Premier Division as well, a lot of defenders will back off more often than not. When you look at the look at the tape, he does tend to isolate himself very much, or the team tend to isolate him on a full back or on a centre half. And uh, you know, I suppose if you do get the ball in that instance, it's uh, with this guy's pace and 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 uh, and his dribbling ability, it's probably going to be a um, you know a non no contest with regards to that. Um, look at his aerial duels one as well. He doesn't shy away from a header. In my tweets, um, I tweeted out today as well. Um, I might be able to show you that. I don't think I will get a strike for showing you my own Twitter account. Mm, I don't think I will. If I do, I'll let you guys know anyway. Um. But let me uh, share my Twitter uh, my Twitter account here, and I can show you this. So, um... hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So, whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. On my Twitter account, you'll be able to find this tweet and you'll be able to see any of the goals that he scored in his 
in his uh, senior career so far. I think there's two goals missing. There's one whereby he charges down the goalkeeper and it kind of hits off him and goes into the back of the net. Um, I didn't put that one in there because uh, it doesn't really showcase much. But um, there are goals in there, so I'm going to stop sharing that um, for the time being. But you guys can check that out on my Twitter page as well if you do wish to see those goals. Um, but where I like, what I like from him here as well is he's, uh, you know, he's able to take shots. He's got a 2.15 shots per 90 minutes, which I think is interesting because we are a bit shot shy in a lot of instances. You know, you take Philippe Coutinho out of our team and uh, the amount of shots we take actually drastically decreases. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, the, you know, if you don't shoot, you don't score. And I think that uh, also if you don't shoot on target, you don't score as well. And while be it that this guy is a young kid, um, he is a bit wayward in his shooting from time to time, um, you know, with only 32.4% on target rate. But stay, saying that, he still has the same rate of uh, getting shots on target as our incumbent players, the players that we have at the moment. So for somebody who's just turned 19 and learning his way in the game, that could be seen as a positive or an area where he could be molded uh, as well. So all in all, uh, as I say, this guy is uh, very, very well thought of. Um, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea whether he's going to join Aston Villa. My, it's, it's, it's probably not. Um, it probably a case whereby he isn't. But when you look at teams like the two teams that were referenced in the, in that article that I read out to you guys, is you know there are Brighton and Watford, and Watford are part of the the Pozzo family. I think it is that owns those owns Udinese. So I mentioned Watford and I mentioned Udinese, and they do like to scout South America to an inch of its life. And while this guy isn't a hidden gem in South America, he's well known, he's well thought of down there. You know, um. What's to say that Aston Villa can't get in on the ground floor with a player like this? Or maybe a striker like, uh, I've mentioned him two or three times before, Marcus Leonardo for, for Santos. Um, absolute, like, he's going to be an, a, a brilliant striker. I, I, I can't see him not playing for, for Brazil and, unless something goes completely wrong. And as I say, I have a couple of pieces done and, and, and a couple of Brazilian players in particular um, but I didn't want to release them during the transfer window because we had no links to them. Um, and I think that's something that's an exercise for the months leading in, uh, the, the next few months prior to the next transfer window, because it's highly unlikely any of them will be coming to Aston Villa. But it's an interesting study on them anyway to see what is down there. Um, but David or Dario Osorio, I think, is uh, is is definitely somebody that, uh, you know, that will catch the eye with somewhere somewhere. He will catch on somewhere and somebody will sign him. And um, all things will point that they would have a pretty decent player on their hands based on what we know at this moment in time. Um, yeah, I, I'm feeling this as well. Uh, like I, I looked at it already, Rob, and I thought that it was a typo saying 2004, but it's scary. It's scary. As my dad used to always say, there's younger than us getting old. So that is a scary point as well. Um, uh, Tim, good point. Uh, did we get involved with an academy in North Africa? I think uh, our are involved with a relative. I uh, haven't heard anything in a while. Yes, Nassif Suiris' brother um, owned a football club, if I'm not mistaken, a, a lower league football club in Egypt. And I think we have gotten involved with them. And I'm almost certain that we've tried to turn it into some sort of academy in Egypt. But I don't think it's anything like... Uh, um, Manchester City are doing obviously with Girona and with Melbourne and all those. It's not, it's not. I thought you, you would have thought at the time that it might have been something like that. I think we got involved with a, with a soccer academy in Senegal as well, actually. That that springs to mind, but I definitely think it's an area that that this, you know, 
there's a lot of infrastructural changes that need to happen around Aston Villa. The, the, if you want to call it the parent club, before we can build a, a, I suppose, a group of clubs. There is a lot of infrastructural changes. Obviously, they need to do the North Stand. They need to have the Inner City Academy. So they need to capture the city <laughs> itself first. Um, and then I think after that, maybe in the next two, three years, it would be foolish of, uh, of um, uh, I suppose, if the money is there. I won't say it would be foolish because I'd say if the money is there to invest in a team um, within another country to utilize it. Because what, what we're looking at at the moment, guys, if you think about this, like the Louis Barry are going on loan. They're getting very few games because what's happening is managers are worried about losing their job. They're worried about... Um, and, and then and then January comes along and they go in and they buy tried and tested grizzled old veterans to come in and take these guys' jobs, um, these guys' places, should I say, like the Louis Barry and so on. Whereas my thought process has been and probably will be for, for the foreseeable future is that if you can't buy another team in England, which they won't be able, which they wouldn't be able to do, why not buy a team in a in a in a league that is perceived to be lesser than the Premier League and send these guys out on loan there? Like buy some buy uh, a team in the in the Portuguese league, or maybe buy a team in the in one of the Scandinavian leagues, or maybe buy a team in, I don't know, uh, you know, you pick it, you you pick a a league uh, and buy a team uh, in there that that uh, maybe you could have as uh, as a feeder club for yourself, but also utilize it like Chelsea have done with. Um, oh, what's that club? Somebody Vitesse Arnhem. Like Chelsea have done with Vitesse Arnhem for years and years and years, they did it with uh, they like going back to the days when they actually signed when they signed Alex to play centre half. He moved to Vitesse Ar- uh, was a Vitesse Arnhem, I think he moved to or he moved to PS PSV, I think. But basically, they got him a move in there through their Dutch feeder club, and um, was allowed them to get him a move in there to, to PSV. He stayed there, got his work permit, came to came to England, and was uh, was a player that was able to play for them. So, um, I think they've done it as well with the likes of. Uh, uh, Man City have done it with the likes of Angelino as well, who never actually went on to play with Man, C- Man City. Um, I played with Red Bull Leipzig, I think, and a couple of more clubs. But, um, you know, it's a way of exploiting um, a market that, that we can get players uh, players some game time. Anyway, I'm really tangential on this one. I'm really, really tangential on this one. Um, so uh, that's probably going, yeah, Tim says, Neil, maybe we should have a look and see if any South American players with Irish blood would like to pop over and play underage with us. Well, Alexis McAllister has an uncle or granduncle or something like that based out of Dublin. And uh, we saw him on the on the Irish news here. Um, so maybe there's a couple of more of them floating around out there. Yeah, there's there's actually a couple of hurling clubs. If anybody here knows the Irish sport hurling, there's a couple of hurling clubs in Argentina. I know for I know when the the um, priests went on the missions to South America. They set up a load of hurling clubs in Argentina. And and, and I know that there's one certainly in Buenos Aires. So uh, um, maybe there is Irish contingents uh, around South America. And they're more than welcome to come. We need an injection of of some sort of flair and, uh, and, and flamboyancy, I think, in Irish football at the moment. So that would be most, most welcome. Um, all right, so guys and girls, thank you so much for for joining me tonight. It was a bit tangential. It was a bit, um, it was a bit rambly at the start, but I hope you guys uh, understand why. Um, I suppose what I was trying to get from that and trying what I was trying to explain from it, and and, and maybe I'm right, maybe I'm not. 
Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if this one does come off in the near future because I think it's uh, I think it will be an exciting one. And look, we may sign somebody over the next five days. We may not, but I think our name will be linked with every time Dick and Harry go on. And you know what? I'm going to make hay while the sun shines the next five days because I love nothing more than a good transfer rumor to see, to try, as I said, to always try and see what the manager wants. Um, and there will be some we'll dismiss out of hand, like the Aubameyang rumor. I don't even, I'm not even sure the Zayich rumor as well fits maybe the structured type of player that Unai Emery would like. Um, but uh, that's why I haven't done many, done anything on the two of those. Uh, but look, as I say, if we do get any more news over the next few days, we will uh, join. And on that, actually, I hope we don't sign anybody tomorrow because I won't be near my computer tomorrow uh, to do anything on on um, on signings. So if they could hold off until Saturday or Sunday, it would be absolutely fantastic. But saying that, I do have a little bit of an opinion piece myself. I would kind of like this tomorrow. It'll be out earlier. It'll be out uh, or around uh, lunchtime tomorrow. It's uh, to do with a, uh, a winger, I think, that Aston Villa could sign based on the profile of the wingers they've been linked to. Uh, already that they could sign, they could get, and it would be available from the continent that I think could come in and uh, and will be decent in English football. Um, so if you guys are interested in that, you can give that a listen to tomorrow as well. And before we go, I just want to say as well, uh, thank you very much, Matt. I really appreciate it, man. You're an absolute gentleman. Thank you so much um, for, for that. And I'm just after getting a notification to say there that Nico Williams absolutely played a storm in the Copa del Rey for Atletico Bilbao tonight. So uh, that makes me a small bit jealous that he that the forty-five million pound bid, um, even though it was accepted, that he uh, he didn't reciprocate the love that we showed for him. So maybe that come that comes to fruition in the summer or something along those lines. But thanks very much, everybody, for um. Thanks very much, everybody, for, for joining uh, tonight. Uh, I wish you all the best. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.